Hello, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. Uh, this is the Lighthouse Church. To all of my Lighthouse 2.0 members, you all have been killing it. I love you and cannot wait to meet several of you in person. You are now at the beginning of another Tackle the Text. And let me tell you, people are talking about how much they enjoy this, and they call it everything. They call it Text Tackle. Uh, they call it everything, but we're just glad that you're here on a Tuesday watching a Tackle the Text. And I've got a great team with me, Pastor Torrance. That's a lot of T's. i got Pastor Torrance, Pastor Rama, and Pastor Damon Hammond. You guys doing all right today? Doing good. Awesome. Man, awesome. Listen, we got to tackle this text uh, because this is one of theological prowess. Like this text here is, as, as they say, is pregnant with possibility, right? And we're looking at First uh, John, uh, and we're looking at, and this is not the Gospel of John. This is First John. Um, and uh, it's one of the epistles of the New Testament, um, and it, it's filled with extremely good information. But I kind of want to hear um, what you guys have been thinking about it. And I always like to start with Pastor Hammond because you are you you you're like steady, like you are you, you get us ready to go, and uh, you always got good energy. So you look at First John, and you look at chapter three, verse eight, and what comes to mind when you read it. Pastor, the first thing that comes to mind is the latter part of that verse. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I begin to think about Christ's purpose. And in thinking about his purpose, I go back to um, one of the earlier accounts of Jesus. If we think about that, we think about that. Um, and when I think and make this statement, I think sometimes when, when I keyed in on purpose, uh, for me, that was a big word because I think sometimes before you can find your purpose, you got to find yourself. And so we go back to the beginning of Jesus when he was 12 years old. Um, he was, um, this, his family came uh, for the feast of the Passover. And uh, when they got ready to leave, uh, his parents left him. And they thought he was lost, right? And so they come back and they thought he was with relatives. They found him at 12 years old, sitting in the temple, listening and asking questions. And so he was lost, but really they found him. And in finding him, they found his purpose. His mom asked him a question and said, why are you sitting here? He says, he says I've, I've come here so I can learn, so I can listen. And so I think sometimes that we need to understand that purpose is from listening. And then once you listen, then you'll find your purpose. Love it. Love it. Pastor Raymond. When I look at this text, um, like you said, it's pregnant with a lot of meaning. The first thing that came to my mind in this text is um, the fact that Jesus died for our sins, but he didn't die for our flesh. And, yeah. I, and the reason I say that is because I, I believe it's Galatians 5 that talks about the works of the flesh are now evident. It talks about um, fornication, adultery, all of that. Jesus came to take care of the sin nature. Um, when you check out the, I mean, Pastor Lawrence, you notice, when you check the, the Greek word, it's called, I think, hamatir, mm-hmm. which is the nature of sin. So he came to destroy the works of the devil, not the works of flesh. Because right now, there are Christians that are struggling with things. They are struggling with um, habits, addictions, and all of that. So now the disconnect, now we have those conversations. How is it that I'm a Christian and Jesus died, yet I'm still struggling with this sin? Well, Jesus died to deal with the nature of sin. So he took the power out of the practice of sin. So sin is no longer compulsory. I write to you, little children, First John 2, that you sin not, but if 
Yes, sir. Not yes, when. Sir. So sin is no longer compulsory. So Jesus has taken the sting out of it. So someone is going to ask, but pastor, why didn't he just destroy sin itself? The, <laughs> the practice, well, why does God have to destroy something you have power over? But the Bible says sin doesn't have power over you. It doesn't have dominion over you. So we have to learn to differentiate as Christians. Paul says the, the evil I want to do, the good I want to do. You see that struggle there. So Jesus died for the work, died to destroy the work of the devil but he didn't die to destroy the work of flesh. Now we have the power based on what he did to destroy or to work over or to have dominion over, what, over, over the practice of sin that, that comes on a day-to-day basis. And the reason why he does that, uh, Pastor Ramer, is because the sin nature of the flesh that is in me dwelleth no good thing. Then in order for me to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I have to first deny that flesh. So he leaves the flesh in practice because if he destroys the work uh, of the sin nature and destroys uh, the work of the flesh, then uh, there is nothing left for humanity uh, to exchange for salvation. Now, we have to be careful when we say that. And one of the criticisms uh, of the New Testament church is that we don't talk about sin anymore and, and we don't talk about repentance anymore. And I'm glad that we're having this discussion because while God is lamb, he is also lion. And, and while, while he is salvation, uh, he is also judgment. And that, that we have to understand that there is a sin nature in all of us and that we have to deny that flesh. Um, but when I look at the word sin, when I look at sin, uh, and Pastor Torrance, I'm going to give it to you before I, um, before I express my thoughts on this. I saw something when I looked at this particular uh, translation of sin uh, which is translated the sin nature than I've ever seen anything else. Like normally sin is to miss the mark, right? Or uh, sin is anything that God hates or uh, to make a mistake. But I read one translation that said that sin is to be without a share in. I'm gonna, I want to dig into that because anybody who knows about investments, anybody who knows about the stock market, the stock market is, yeah, it's shares related. And, and a lot of big corporation CEOs right now, they're able to reduce their tax liability because they get the compensation through shares. So when you get cash, you're taxed. But when you get a share, you can defer the tax. And see, the reason why this is so important, and I said I was going to give it to you, but I got rolling. The reason why this is so important is because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So when we sin, we should be taxed, but because we have shares in the kingdom, it's deferred to later. So you, you can go. I'm, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but go ahead, Reverend. I want to know, what did you know? What did you think? What did you think when you read First John? Chapter 3, verse 8. Go ahead, Reverend. <laughs> well, you guys covered, covered it all, really, because the theological aspect of that, I think we just touched it. Rima really hit it on the, on the nail. I think this scripture really shows, because the context of this particular chapter, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. So this shows that there is a duality in us, that there is um, a part of us born into sin from birth. Then there is a part, there is a part of us that's birth into Christianity through, the new, through the, the, new, the new birth. So now we have these two things in us. We have sin nature and we have the spiritual nature, the mm. Christian man. Which one will we feed the most? My grandfather used to say, which, there's two men in you. Whichever man you feed the most is the man that will stand up. Mm. 
So, so now we have to figure out what are we feeding ourselves? Is it for the flesh man, the sin nature, or is it for the spiritual man? Are we feeding that man or those men enough to thrive? So now I'm trying to figure out for myself, like, what have I been feeding myself? Because if we feed ourselves enough word, then we'll grow from that. If we feed ourselves enough of this flesh, we'll grow from that. Which man are we feeding? I think it's a good question for you to ask out there to yourself. Which man are you feeding? Because in that scripture it says you do not belong. You're not of the father. Mm. Now he's not saying that you're going to hell. Think about that. What does he mean? If I am not of the father. He's saying that your relationship is not strong with the father. That, that yes, you are sinning, but your relationship is not good with him. We have an opportunity, to, though, to get back real. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to repent. But if we are of the devil, now we've allowed the devil to have control of our nature. So let's talk about sin. Sin enters the world through the original fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. That's where God it's says to them, here's the directive. Eve listens to the serpent, makes an executive decision. Adam thereby makes that congruent decision with her. Sin enters to the world. This is the book of Genesis. Now women have pain during childbirth. And, and now uh, we go through all of this. Uh, yeah, rumors of war. All, all of the stuff that's going on in the earth right now is, is a result of the original fall. Now, that broke the original covenant that God had with Adam. Because remember, the original covenant with Adam was that he would be able to have dominion and subdue the earth. So that means that when Adam was naming the lions, he had control of the lions Mm -hmm. and sin came. And now we have fear of the thing that he controlled. And I start thinking that's what (laughs) sin does. Sin releases Releases us us. of that which we should have dominion over Mm -hmm. and also instills us with a fear over the thing that we should have dominion over. So now we are afraid of things that we should be conquering and have dominion over because sin Mm. is in the world. It's the same thing in our life. So now sin has entered the world. And now God has to reset and refurbish and repurify the earth. So what what does he do? He sends a flood. Flood. He sends a flood, purifies the earth, and, and now he gives Noah the ability to build this ark. Noah builds the ark, fills it with his family members. Man thereby is replenished because now God makes a new covenant with Noah. Yes. But Noah gets drunk. And then we see God make another covenant with Abraham. But Abraham is a liar. And we can go through the scripture over and over and over and over and over and see God making covenants with sinners. Yes, and see, sir. the reason why I want to talk about this is because there, there, is, this, uh, there is this flow in the church uh, where, where, where we are made to feel as if in order to be a real Christian, we have to be as close to perfect as possible. No. And everybody who's a critic of the church stands on the outside and they talk about us and they dog us as Christians. And how are you going to be a Christian and, and you lie? And how are you going to be a, cr- a Christian and you've been divorced? And how are you going to be a Christian and, and, and you steal? And how are you going to be a Christian? I don't know, but I do know that my God has a history of mm-hmm. making covenants with sinners. Yes, and so does. for every person yes, who is uh, uh, feeling down within their spirit about you being a sinner. I want you to understand that here it is. Watch this. It is not your fault that you are a sinner. Your problem is the sin you chose. We were born into Into sin. sin, Shaping in iniquity. iniquity. You are always going to be a sinner, but you have to ask yourself, what is it about me that chose the sin Mm. that I am currently involved in? Pastor Hammond. 
Well, I'm reminded about Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. But if we look at this chapter, 1 John 3, go down to verse 20. He says, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. We'll have confidence mm. when we find out that we are not to be, there's no condemnation to yeah. those who are in Christ Jesus. So I said all that to say, you're spot on that we have to find ourselves being reconnected if we've lost, if the tether has been tethered, mm. we've got to stay and get reconnected to God so we we'll, won't be in a place of condemnation. And we have to know the difference between sin and what we do. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 26 says, be angry. And sin not. Then that lets me know that anger isn't a sin. So a lot of the things that we have, that we do, that we take part in, we got to understand that they are not sins. Because Lay aside the sin and the weight that easily yeah, besets. Yeah, Speak yeah, on that. Yeah. No, I'm just, I just... Lay <laughs> aside <laughs> the weight and the sin. Differentiate. Because anger is the weight, but the sin is what I do with the anger. Yeah. And he says, lay it aside because it doth easily... Mm beset you. Mm. It does easily bog you down. It does, it does easily keep you in, in the mm. negative. So, so here's the scripture. The mm. Bible says in the one we're reading, watch this. The Bible says, uh, and we're in 1 John for everybody who's watching, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. He says, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Yes, sir. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. I started to think about how many things are manifested through sin. How many benefits come through sin? All right, I know I'm I'm knocking somebody over their theological yeah, hair right yeah, now. Yeah. I have preached the gospel for nearly 26 years. Through our ministry we have fed Countless of tens of thousands of people. Clothes equal to that amount. During Hurricane Harvey, we gave a million items away in cash and donations. During the freeze, we sent people to homes to rip up carpet. We, we've done ministry over and over and over again. So that would consider my existence and my life, our ministry, to be a blessing in the earth. But yet, I am an illegitimate child from two people who came together and never got married. My ministry was manifested out of sin. Y'all not? Okay. No, yeah. No. We, Look at how many good ooh. things come out of bad situations. Yeah, you got divorced. Yeah, you, you, you went to jail and yeah, you committed a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor or felony, but who are you as a result of what you did? Mm. Therefore, there is no condemnation. And so I don't like to spend a lot of time beating people over the head. You're a sinner. No. You're a sinner. You're a no. sinner. You sin, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But yeah. I want to talk for a few moments about the great aspects of you that came out of the worst parts of you. Pastor, when you, when you use the word manifest, and you said, for this purpose was the son manifest. Lawrence, what I thought about is, I believe it's Romans 8 that says, for the whole creature is waiting for. Again, we see son of God and manifestation. 
The whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And now we see that the Son of God was made manifest. So we can deduce that you cannot manifest without sonship. Why, why am I saying this? Because when we go all the way back, the Bible says we were made in God's image. Hold on a second. Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the express image of God. Mm. So can we connect this and say we were made in Christ? And if we were made in Christ, which was what the types and shadow of what was happening in Genesis, then God gives us an identity before he gives us a purpose. Because he said, let us make man. He gave us an image before he said, let them have dominion. This is why it, you become a casualty when you don't understand your identity and you're put over situations. So authority without identity leads to, to, to be, you, you basically become a casualty. And a lot of people want to discover why they are here, their purpose, but they don't understand who they are. Without knowing that God made you a who, first of all, before he gave you a why. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Yes, sir. So now when we go to 8, 9, Romans 8, 9, I believe, the whole creature is waiting, waiting, waiting. So it seems like the thing missing in that verse is that we have not understood our purpose. Because the reason the Son of Man manifested and did not keep the creature waiting was because he knew his purpose. But the reason the creature is waiting for us today is because perhaps we don't know our purpose. Son of God manifesting. Son of God today not manifesting because perhaps we've not understood the purpose. in his image. Now that's Genesis. Go to Psalms and then the Bible says for his name's sake. So I've got an iPad here. It's got an image on it. It's got an image. It's not a word, but an image. It's got an image on it. Now, this image means that when it malfunctions, I can only take it to the place that recognizes this image. I can't take this to Samsung because they no, don't sir. recognize the image. No, sir. I can only take it to somebody who's authorized to deal with it. And if I make any adjustments on this iPad by somebody who is not authorized, then it forfeits the original warranty that was placed on it by the person who gave it its image. So what happens in our life is that we were born in the sin, shaping in iniquity. We got functions and bugs and malfunctions inside of us, but because we have his image and because he has his name on us, then what sin did, grace did more to abound. So now we've got to understand that that's why the church is always having a grace conversation and we won't let the world box us into having a only sin conversation. They want us to beat each other upside of the head and talk about sin, 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 but sin according to my Bible, the Bible says, he that committed sin is of the devil and for the devil sinneth from the beginning. So sin is a thing that is a devil problem but yeah. grace is a God answer and yes, if the church yes, is ever going to be potent in the world we got to resist the world making us think that we're only holy if we're talking about sin, sin and that we're only holy if we're beating people over the head yes you fail but there is a grace yes sir and the Bible says to every man there is given a measure of grace. And yes, I speak a measure of grace over your life. Over your Don't life. let anybody tell you that just because you failed that God doesn't have a plan for you to get back up again. That, 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 Rev, that's amazing. And that's the gospel. That's the gospel, man. Because that namesake, that image and namesake, this is the reason why we're able to, to, to be uh, successful and prosperous beyond our sin. Remember John 9, John 9 says... Jesus talking to the disciples, and he says, well, they say, well, who sinned in this man's life? His mother, father, who sinned? Because he was blind. Because he was blind. And Jesus said, well, no one sinned. 
but this is for the work of God may be revealed. So meaning that in the midst of what's going on in your life, what have happened in your life, what has maybe pressed you down, keep you tied up, he says this thing has happened that the glory of God may be revealed. Your sin issues, my sin issues, because we have God's namesake on us, he knows how to bypass that. So whatever's holding me back, the limits on my operation, he knows how to bypass that, that God's work be seen in my life. That's the reason for the grace. That's towards I think about what, and what Pastor Keon said about going to the beginning. And I think about my own life, how uh, I, too, was born uh, with a mother and a father out of wedlock. Um, and my father uh, was around in the beginning, and, and then he went on, uh, got remarried. My mom, while she was pregnant with me, um, was smoking weed and with angel dust in it. And, um, you know, going to the doctor and, and in her mind thinking, this is okay. But in reality, we know what, you know, we see uh, the effects of infants today in, in today's society. Um, I said all that to say, she's, she's seeing, right? Mm-hmm. But through grace, uh, through the grace through her, when she got, she got saved along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thank God for Absolutely. that. Yeah. Because getting yeah. saved along the way, her sin or the mistakes that she made was not duplicated through me. Through so then I, I've never had drugs I've, I've, I've married my wife as a virgin. So sometimes finding your road to grace is a redemptive power to eliminate your past sins and your past discretions. Let me tell you something. You just, you just you said you something. You should have broke the internet. You just wow. said something right there. And I just think that somebody ought to just my give God goodness. the glory and the praise right in that moment. He just said that his mother was smoking marijuana. It was laced with angel dust. We all know what happens uh, to children who are born yes, through the womb of a person who is addicted to a substance. And yet, through that sin, through that sin, we're looking at manifestation yes, on the stage and a ministry that has touched the nations and, and a servant that is touching people right now. That's what I'm saying about how the good comes out of those bad things. Mm. And you're sitting here right now with a wife of 25 years and wow. kids uh, who are prosperous, 27 years in a way. I missed a couple years. It ain't my job to know it's yours. Yeah, you got, and you got children who are prosperous in the earth and you got a ministry that's growing and, and, and your ministry is prospering and prospering and all of that had to happen because of that because through that was the manifestation but I want to tell you the the last part of the verse he says I did all of that that I might destroy the works of the devil and let me tell you something ain't nothing ever made me shout more than knowing that I have a God on my side that may allow me to go through hell and high water but his end result is to make sure that he destroys the works of the devil have you ever considered what the devil actually really had in mind. Yeah. Mm. I know what you really been through, yeah. right? I, I know I know what you really been through. Like people have been through some tough stuff. Yes, sir. everybody on the stage has been through some tough stuff. Some tough situations. But but have you ever thought that no matter how bad it was, that you still didn't get what the devil had in mind? Yeah. That what he actually wanted to happen still it was tough. I mean, you cried for weeks. Mm. Mm-hmm. You almost committed suicide. You wanted to give up, and it still, it still wasn't what the enemy had in mind. Still wasn't what the he enemy said, I did all of this that I, I might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to untie what's been fastened. We, we, we've been born in the sin, shaping in the nickel. Look at that, look at that tying up. Look at the soul ties. Look at, look at the 
the, the things that have been passed down from generation to generation. That's a tie. Look at the things you grew up saying. That's a tie. And somehow, God says, I came in there, and it wasn't always pretty. It might have been through a divorce. It might have been through an abandonment. It might have been through a rejection. Mm. It might be through some hurt. But my goal was to destroy the works of the devil. And you are here today on this stage, and you are watching us online because the works of the devil have been destroyed in your life. And I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus that there are greater works coming in your direction, that there are greater opportunities coming in your direction, that there are higher heights that are coming in your direction. And you might have to be crushed and you might have to go through the process. And like Gideon, you might find yourself in the in the wine press threshing wheat or you might find yourself in the lion's den like Daniel. But God says, I did all of that to destroy that I might destroy the Israel. You were in Egypt for 400 years and in the wilderness for another 40. Not because I hated you, but that I might destroy the works of the devil. Pastor, think about while you were talking about destroy, it's funny because his purpose on Calvary, Mm -hmm. his body was destroyed. And he destroyed the works of the evil one, of Mm -hmm. the devil. I I began to think about this. My brain just kept working. So he basically destroyed the works of the devil by destroying his body. And as I thought about that, it dawned on me a lot of people want to live in their purpose, but they, want, they don't want to lose their preference. <laughs> Not my will, but your will be done. Because we can just say he destroyed the works without knowing this was, I mean, this, Jesus went through hell. And we can think about, oh, he was destroying the devil, but he was being destroyed. That the process of, had the princes of this world known, they wouldn't have crucified him. So I began to think about this. Yes, he was destroying the works of the devil, but the devil was confused because he thought he was destroying him. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. And so we see his body being destroyed, but what the devil didn't know is that while his body was being destroyed, his work was being destroyed. And he didn't know that he had already prophesied it. He did exactly what he said. He says, I'm going to tear this temple down, but in three days I'm going to build it back up. And Pastor Hammond, I want you to add to this because we're talking about sin, but when we read verse uh, number 9, it just really should just blow your mind. Because verse 9, the first few words says, whosoever. Whosoever. Is born of God. Uh, yes. Does not sin. sin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? Yes. Who? When? Where? How? Why? What do you mean? He who is born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born, born of, God. of God. What you must understand is that while you were a sinner, Christ had already died for us. So that means that every sin that is on the docket to happen in your life, Wiped away. as it relates to God the Father, Talk, man. you are no longer a sinner. Why? Because you have been covered, covered. by the blood. So all he sees is the yeah. sinless, perfected blood of Jesus Christ. And if you are born of the Son of God, Reverend you that, cannot sin. Isn't that, that amazing? I think people that, don't understand. You got to jump go in. Ahead, the go, people, ahead, go ahead, Hammond. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hammond. You go no, 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 no. I, I thought about what you said because the word says Jesus comes to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh. 
And so when you're lost and you find out that you've been found now, you're born again. I thought about the word destroy with that because while he was on the cross, what happened in the temple, the veil was torn. You talked about being tied up in soul ties. There's sometimes we we live life and we, we just settle for being untied. Christ, Christ says, I come to destroy the works of the devil. So there's some things that God has to cut instead of untie. Because the veil was a, the veil was a connection to the law. Yes, sir. So the law, the veil had to be torn in order for grace to come through. This is why it had to be torn from the top to the bottom. And, 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 and one theologian said that you have to look at the veil of the temple mm-hmm. like you would the hymen of a woman yes. in order for a woman when she loses her virginity and then thereby subsequently has a child. When that child is born or she loses her virginity, the hymen mm. is torn because birth is now possible. Birth is only possible after the hymen has been broken. And so he he had to break the hymen of the church because there was a new birth coming and the new yeah, the yep. new church was being birthed and now he says I got one group that are mine by birth but but now I got another that is mine by blood and, and you've never seen a bloodless birth you've never seen a bloodless birth I don't care if it's an elephant I don't care if it's a giraffe I don't care if it's a person you've never blood seen a bloodless birth there can be no birth without blood and because the blood watch this shows you who you're related to because you can never have a different blood type than that which produced you and so what was happening at Calvary was a blood transfusion because we had another blood type that was of another world but now there's a blood transfusion taking place at the cross and in three days it took three days for the blood to get through every saint that was alive dead and was coming he had he performed an entire blood transfusion on the born and the not born on the dead and the not dead and and now now we can all say how am I alive today because I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me and now safe am I. It was love that lifted me. And so when nothing else could help, it was love that lifted me. And so on the day that we were born again in Jesus Christ, he lifts us out of a dead womb. And now if we're baptized, we're put in another watery grave, which is another (laughs) womb. And then when we're baptized in the fire, we're now baptized in another dimension, which is another womb. And so now I have power and dominion over the flesh and the spirit. That's why I can speak those things that are not as though they were and command the thing to be. Why? Because death and life is in the power of the tongue all because of the blood and then for those of you all who think that you can get unsaved because you sin Mm. one songwriter told me to tell Mm. you and it will never never lose lose it's power. Even when you lost your mind, the blood still got its power. Ooh. Even when you've lost your scruples and you've lost your Lord morals, the blood still works. Lord, have mercy. Pastor Torrance. Reverend. What are we going to say? What are we going to say? This is why it's difficult for people to understand the gospel. Because they think it's about them. They, didn't, they, don't, they don't know God. <laughs> God concluded this Look. already before. It's 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 it, you can't you can't fathom it. This is the level of God's love, and and like Pastor said, a lot of people don't understand how can you not make a practice of sin? Because the biggest prayer I pray every day is God help me to see myself the way you see me. Because when you see yourself the way God sees you, it changes everything. For the believer, the judgment of sin is not ahead; it's behind. Yes, behind. sir. And because we have not conceptualized it, we see ourselves through what you just did. 
not what Jesus did on the cross. My goodness. See, what I was going to say, man, I was like, because I'm trying to digest everything he said. I'm like, wow. I think the biggest, <clears throat> the biggest work of the, of the devil, the biggest work of the devil, and I think this may agree or disagree with, with a few people, the biggest work of the devil, I think, is legalism. Mm. Because when he came to destroy the works of the devil, legalism had crept into so many other people. That's absolutely true. The, 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 Bible, the Bible says that what the devil meant for evil, God turned for good, right? But what God meant for good, the devil used to turn evil because of the law, that legalism. So now when you talk about this scripture, it's the legalist that gets upset because they can't understand grace to take center stage when we're talking about the law. I need to hang myself on the law instead of grace. And through legalism, the law becomes idolized. That I come yes. that the law might be fulfilled. He is the fulfillment, fulfillment of that's the law. That's it. That's it. And I think that's the enemy's biggest work. I love that. And I did not come <coughs> to abolish the law, to but abolish, to fulfill it. To but fulfill verse it. number 11 says this, and this is the problem, because I think we have a legal versus love oh, battle. Yes. Because that's by it. the time you get to verse 11, it says, For this message ye have heard from the beginning. beginning. That we should love, love one, another. one another. It is. And the reason why we're having this conversation, and I know I was watching a video the other day of a guy who calls himself um, um, scrutinizing one of, one of America's yeah. most popular ministers. And he was talking about this video should end this minister's career. And, and I searched his last 10 sermons and, and, and he didn't mention sin once. And... and, and Okay, well, what if he was in a love series or what, what if, yeah, what if yeah. you know, but, but it, was, it was a legalistic person who was trying to abolish the entire ministry of a man because he went over his last 10 sermons and didn't find the word repent. That's yeah. legalism. That's legalism. And so then we try to diffuse. And, and here's the thing that I can't fathom. They do that stuff in the name of Christianity. They, they, they try to wound the priest. In the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, for this message, this is what I'm really trying to tell you. Yes. After all of that, yes. for this message you have heard from the, beginning, from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain. It is. Who was of the wicked one and slew his brother and warfare slew him because his own works were evil. Legalism. And his brother's we're righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Marvel not. In other words, when he says marvel not, he says, don't even think about it. Don't think about it. Don't wonder about it. Don't lose sleep about it. Get up and operate in your purpose. I can't tell you how many trolls will get in the comments and pick apart the message of grace and say that the church has lost its power. Yes. The church may have lost its power, but Jesus is still on the throne. And when oh, he decides to stand up and speak, the church will regain that power. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to get that power. If my people who are called oh, by my, my name, name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked okay. ways, then will Damn. I hear from heaven. The church hasn't lost its power. It's lost its way. But it hasn't yeah. lost its power yes. because demons are still trembling. Yeah. The devil is still losing. Heaven is still open for business. And the devil is still defeated. That's it, bro. Marvel so, not. So the power that they've lost, that they, that they say the church has lost, is the power of legalism. And yeah. that's it. Not as Cain. Yeah, not as Cain. Legalistic. 
but can't say, well, I'm better than I'm better than that. I'm better than Abel. Look at my sacrifice. All he gave you was some porridge. I went out there and I slew the animals. Look at, mm-hmm. look at my sacrifice compared to his. But the Bible says it is not about the size of the gift. It is the size of the sacrifice. That's why the woman who gave the might had given more than a man who could give mightily. Because it is not about the size of what you give. It's the size of who you are when you give it. And the church is full of sinners. And you can say you don't want to come here because everybody in it is a hypocrite. I hear people say that all the time. And this is one of my this is one of my least favorite statements in the whole world. I'm about to get attitude. This is my least one of my least favorite statements in the whole world. I said it's one of my least favorite and I see it on the Internet all the time. Every time they find somebody who has fallen into sin. That's why I don't go to church now. No, No, that is not. not. The reason you don't go to church now, you no. don't go to church now because you're lazy. Yeah. You don't go to church now because you're not saved. But you're not going to tell me that you don't go to church because you saw on the on a newspaper article of a preacher. You ain't never met sin. And that's the reason you don't go. No, no. If that person's fall was the reason that you don't go, then why haven't you been going until the day they fell? Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. It is one of my least favorite things, and it is the indictment on the church now that every time they see somebody in the church fall, then they're all of a sudden through with God. I've never seen anybody leave their dentist because they got a divorce. I've never never seen anybody say, I don't want a person to perform heart surgery on me because they had a child outside of their marriage. No, sir. I've never seen anybody say, you know what? I don't want to go to a bank. With a man or a woman who got a, a girlfriend or a, a boyfriend on the side. I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. go to a grocery store with the owner curse. I ain't doing business there. I don't want a lawyer to get me out of trouble. If, if the lawyer ain't been married for 30 years, yeah, then I yeah. don't want that kind of lawyer. Yeah, I'd rather go to jail because I want a lawyer that <laughs> shut up. It's ridiculous. It is only in the church that we eat our own. It is only in the church and because we're legalistic. Legalistic. That's it. That's the biggest work of the enemy. And when I look in churches today, I see the same sin in the pulpit that I see in the pew. And yet they say, well, you've been called. You know, you're a preacher. You've been called to a higher level. I've never seen anything in Scripture that lets a person who's not a preacher off the hook. I got a scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Pastor, this is, this is going to be heavy for people. It is. I hope it is. <laughs> because this is the truth. And if you can handle truth, you can handle grace. Because when Jesus showed up, he was full of grace and, and truth. truth. People yeah. want to hear the truth, but they don't want to handle grace. People want grace, but they don't want the truth. No, you, it's, 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 you got to have both. Yeah. And this is the truth that sets free. The reason why people are not free is not because they don't have the truth, but they, they cannot handle the grace that comes with the truth. Yeah. The, truth yeah. the truth will yeah. make you free, though. The truth and, I, and, you I, free. and I've never been afraid to do this because I'm, I'm too fallen to be afraid. I'm, I'm too flawed to be scared. I might as well, you might as well say, I've never seen anybody have on Dre Beats and say, Dr. Dre got divorced. I can't listen to those no more. 
No, you never. Will. I've never heard anybody say, you know what? I don't want another Amazon package to come to my house because Jeff Bezos got a device. I never heard it nowhere. And you never will. I've never heard anybody say, I cannot use Microsoft no more because Bill Gates and Melinda have got. I've never heard it. But yet, will. when it comes to the church, legalism, legalism, and we hold our preachers and our leaders. The standards that we don't even hold doctors and lawyers to. We allow malpractice in other areas. We'll, when a police shoots a black man, we'll say, well, that's just one bad apple. In every other instance, when there's a bad actor in the group, we save the institution and we try to shove the person who did it out of the group and say that was just a bad apple. You mm. can't say all teachers are bad. That's just a bad teacher. But yet when it comes to the household of faith, the devil has tricked some people into getting rid of the whole faith because of an individual that hurt them when you were, in, when you were a child and when you were in the choir and didn't get a solo or, or when, when something happened in your church. But I need you to not only overcome what happened to you in your past. I need you to understand that God is not man and you cannot hold my God responsible for what a man did. God is high and he is above and he is lifted. And you've got to hold yourself and your family and your constituents to a different standard. But you cannot intimate your gifting and your grace and love for God because of what happened in your church or in your home My and in your family. God, God is not My like man. God. He loves you so much mm. that he died on the cross before he even knew you would live for him. Before you even knew you would live for him. This oh. grace that we preach, this gospel that we preach, yes, sir. it is not about you. And this may be a heavy one. And I know some of you are going to turn the channel but the blessing is going to be, I heard the gospel, the blessing of Abraham. Yes, sir. It's going to be on the people who stayed to the end. Stayed to the end. The blessing of Abraham is going to be on those who stayed to the end because even though Abraham was a sinner, God made a covenant with him and said, you know what, Abraham? Yes, sir. I'm going to bless Isaac and Jacob. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to bless your seed and your seed's seed. Yes, sir. Because even though Abraham had fallen, he still walked with God. And here is a man who had sinned and is known in Christendom and in Islam as the father of faith. This is the gospel. So lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Salvation preceded you, and it has nothing to do with you. And mm. since the work of the cross is bigger than you, to suggest that your sin could dilute the potency of the cross mm. would mean that you had something to do with the yes, beth, death, burial, and resurrection. Oh, it was completed before you got here. And if you think that it actually happened when you read it, that was only the function and the manifestation which had already happened because the Bible says he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the, the world. world. What we see in the Bible it's only the act of what took place before there was ever a world. This is the gospel. So yes, we must repent. But we must also know that he or she, who is the son of God, committeth not sin. And that God says in 1 John 3 and 11, that you have heard me say this from the beginning. This is what I want from you, to love 
one another. Church, let's stop judging each other and love one another. Let, let's stop canceling one another and love one another. Let's stop picking through small innuendos and idiosyncrasies looking for somebody's flaws and recognize that there is none good according to the scripture. No, not one. God loves you, and I do too. This is Tackle the Text. Share this one with everybody you know. This is a tough one, but it's a good one. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you next time.